From University of Puget Sound, it's What We Do, a weekly podcast about the innovators, teachers, dreamers, and performers of Puget Sound and the stories behind the work they do. Oh, hello. I'm Chuck Luce, the editor of Arches, the alumni magazine here at Puget Sound. I'm here today with the Siddharth Ramakrishnan, an associate professor of biology and the Jenny M. Carruthers Chair of Neuroscience here at Puget Sound. His research interests include developmental biology, neuroendocrinology, and sensory motor integration. But he's not solely a left brain kind of guy. His collaborations with artists have led to exhibitions and documentaries that blend the worlds of art and science. And I have observed he is an inveterate tinkerer, which leads us nicely to what we're going to talk about today, maker spaces. So Sid, we, we know you've got a couple of things going on as the semester gets started, to say the least. So thanks for indulging us. Um, and perhaps we could start with a definition. What are these maker spaces or hacker spaces, as I believe people were originally calling them? Um, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, maker spaces are uh, places where people can come together and build things. Usually they are open source, that is um, whatever they build and the designs they create are available for one and all to partake in and learn from. And there have been incredible movements across the world where makerspaces are helping through forums, through um, active learning places and creating these opportunities where people just come together and start working on things to build things together. It could be with small electronics, it could be through uh, fabricating um, devices, it could be through 3D printing. And as you mentioned, also a little bit of hacking that goes on where they're not afraid to take something apart and use it, for, repurpose it for something else, basically, and trying to build things cheap. So instead of buying $30,000 pieces of equipment, we kind of create our own. And um, it's really exciting because people learn from it and uh, can collaborate on things together. So, so as a as a as its its use in in our environment, we're we're talking about adding to the trend of sort of learning rather than teaching, learning and also hands on experiential learning, which is kind of uh, where we are heading towards now, where instead of giving our student an instrument and saying, use this to um, do this experiment, we can actually ask them to build the equipment using very cheap tools so that they learn how it works and uh, how to do it if something breaks down or something like that. So, so they're, they have a problem to solve. You're not saying, this is how you do it. You're saying, here's the problem. Here's a bunch of stuff. Figure out how you can yeah, and it fits well with us because we are, we are not expecting, um, we are expecting rather scientists to work with designers and artists so that they can, it, we have all these different problems in the world. So working with very people from different fields, they can come together and find new creative solutions for these design challenges and problems. And using available equipment, they can come up with their own solutions and figure it out basically. Can, can we talk more specifically about the kinds of tools that might be found in one of these spaces? So we are starting small. We are going to have some 3D printers and a laser cutter and also some small electronics to create small robots and sensors and things like that. So that's what we are planning to start with. 
and the idea is uh, and this one especially is uh, the the grant we got from the national science foundation is geared towards a uh, maker space for biology or life science education so the idea is we will use some of these tools to create objects for life sciences for example the museum of natural history is going to be using it for um building replicas of of bones maybe building a dinosaur skeleton or uh, specimens which can't be handled we'll create replicas using a 3d printer or someone working say in the environmental sciences can build little sensors that can say record the amount of carbon dioxide in the in air or uh, how far the bee flies or uh, different things like that so so and you you mentioned that partnering with with other folks here in town um i i i know that we've recently applied for a grant um from the nsf uh, that involves the tacoma art museum um the public school science and math institute um uh, and they're they're calling it a, a life maker space can we talk a little more about that so yes yeah, so this particular grant is the life maker space where again the maker space is geared towards biology education and it's also to create a cluster of people who can come together and further undergraduate biology education so what we wanted to do was collaborate with um, not just other scientists or other biology educators but also uh, designers and artists because we believe that at the university of puget sound we don't exist in this university vacuum that we belong to a community and because the maker space movement is an open movement that we want to share with a lot of other people we thought including the community in it will also be a great um, aspect so that is why where the tacoma art museum comes in so they'll be providing us with uh, opportunities to interact with the community host workshops and also learn from some of their artists to figure out how to best design new sensors and new devices and things like that the uh, we are also going to be working with sami and this one is that's the science the, and the art science and art uh, science and math institute um the reason being that um as we believe that undergraduate education again doesn't just include undergraduates it needs to have uh, something where the next st- next set of students who are coming in from high school will also need to learn how to use these devices and learn how to collaborate with people and also for our undergraduates uh, at Puget Sound the best way to learn something is to teach other people and they will be hopefully conducting workshops and teaching say sami students and people of the community on how to use some of these uh, maker spaces basically are we then already doing these things here can i mean can can we give some examples of the kinds of projects that students are working on so we just received the grant from the national science foundation it's a 50000 dollars pilot grant to start this off the idea behind it is that uh, if we are uh, they are going to we are going to test it and see how well we can impact curriculum we have identified a few classes and faculty who will be using the devices of the maker space to in their different classes and this spans uh people from uh biology to environmental sciences to physics to also exercise science and uh, biomechanics and uh the idea being if we use this and create a really productive rich environment then 
we can then approach the National Science Foundation again for a larger grant to expand it further and expand it to other partners, say like University of Washington Tacoma or other small liberal arts colleges like Reed and Whitman and Lewis and Clark. So that's kind of where I think uh, we are headed with this. Very collaborative. And are, are those kinds of things happening now without the, or having just received the grant? Are, can we, are there, can you give me some examples of the kinds of things that might be happening already? So it's not happening at the moment. We've just placed our orders for the 3D printer and the laser cutter. And I also just placed orders for uh, these small robots, uh, robot mic microcontrollers, um, and also some Arduinos and uh, battery-operated motors. Our first workshop in the Makerspace program is going to happen on October 1st. Tyler Fox, uh, um, who is a faculty at the University of Washington, Seattle, is going to come and teach us how to use bioluminescent algae to control these uh, microcontrollers and uh, activate small motors. So he's going to come and talk to us about how algae can control motor output, basically. So. That's amazing. Yeah, and our next workshop is, I think, October 28th with uh, Rita Blake, who's a material science engineer from UCLA, and she will be teaching us how to create glucose sensors. So you can imagine plugging something into your blood and testing the amount of glucose and maybe even powering up devices with that. So It's possible to power devices with the sugar in your blood. Yes. Can you explain how that works? So... Be, you need to coat your um, sensors with with enzymes like um, which will respond to glucose and uh, based on the chemical reaction you'll actually be able to generate some energy in the process and you tap into that energy and use that so this at this moment you can't power up a device maybe but maybe you can glow up make an LED glow or something like that so. but in the future having the, the the resources for energy in your body already may have application for powering devices to help your heartbeat work. Yes, or yes. That's, that's where all this is headed, yes. yeah. And the idea is instead of spending $20,000 or $50,000 on it, you might be able to build it for 150 bucks. So That's really, really amazing. Um, we, we're... We are also in, in this partnership, as I understand it, uh, um, so some alumni are involved in this. Um, Johnny Devine is Johnny a Devine, physics right, faculty uh, at uh, SAMI, and uh, he has been successful in creating a makerspace on uh, the SAMI campus as well. And we are hoping we'll be able to synergistically grow together instead of um, us doing our own thing and him doing his own thing. We might have a collaborative synergistic response that way his high school students can work with our students and we can create projects together and so on. What else should we know about this? Thinking about the audience. Um, I think makerspaces are really cool and I'm hoping that right now it's starting with a life sciences focus, but I'm hoping it'll blossom into something much bigger and we'll have an actual physical space on campus where There'll be 3D printers running and laser cutters and uh, maybe more robotics. And, and then everybody will want to come together and a table will involve like designers and scientists and uh, chemists. And we'll all be discussing things together to tackle large issues, say uh, water quality, water filtration, or 
maybe um, deforestation. So I think large issues which are um, community, uh, which which the community really wants to talk about, can be tackled with good design. And I think that's where this is headed. So hopefully it'll work out. I hope it does too. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And uh, we look forward to seeing how this comes out. It sounds way better than my garage. <laughs> That's where it all started. <laughs> so. A note to our listeners. The discussion with Professor Ramakrishnan took place this past September, and the workshops have already taken place. But biology professors Peter Hodum and Joel Elliott continue to use the makerspace in their curriculum. What We Do is brought to you by University of Puget Sound. Join us next Wednesday for another story about what we do at Puget Sound. And if you liked this podcast, rate us on iTunes.